Putty, and this is the Putty Mind and Soul Podcast. Welcome to my very first episode. I'm so excited to be here finally, finally recording this and putting it out there for you guys to listen to. I never imagined that I would actually be doing this and fitting this into my life, but with most things, you just have to make time for it and you know, things feel like they're never going to fall into place and like you're never going to have time to do things you actually want to do, but we do have time. We just have to make it. And this is something exciting for me that I'm excited to share with you guys. So I briefly want to give an introduction again to myself if you don't follow me personally and a brief introduction to... Um, this podcast, what I want it to be about, and how I got here. So first of all, I want to thank the people in my life who have been so supportive of what I do and, um, you know, pushing me to do my own thing and not, like, judge me or critique me because I want to do things differently and express myself differently. And I especially want to thank um, the community of beautiful people at the Yoga with Carson Academy. During the pandemic last year, um, I was really getting into yoga because I spent so much time at home. And I always practiced at a studio, had an instructor. But doing it at home was a challenge, I think, um, for a lot of us, mainly for myself because... I just felt like I couldn't really progress as far without having people there to kind of navigate you on um, how to progress and how to improve in certain things. So being able to do this um, learning and training um, from home was something that just felt like a dream to me. It was a great opportunity that I just could not turn down and I think I speak for a lot of people when I say that it has really been a life-changing opportunity not just because it's yoga and that's not all that happens there because Christina and Carson and all the other amazing teachers I've been able to interact with have created this awesome tribe of people where we can teach and support and learn from each other And I cannot emphasize how important community is and surrounding yourself around people that you that support you um, using kind words and pushing you to be a great version of yourself because we don't get that a lot in our day-to-day I think a lot of people that I know personally we don't have friends or family that really encourage us with words Um, to do things that we love or to be ourselves and it's just so important to have that and be around those people so thank you guys so much I really appreciate you guys now the podcast idea has always been on my mind for a couple years now and I never thought I was going to actually be here recording it or bringing it to life because it just was a scary adventure to start and the idea of failure was there 
as most things that kind of stop us it's like we have these ideas we want to do these things but the end result is so scary to think about and there was a saying the other day that I had heard something along the lines of if you constantly anticipate what's going to happen you're going to miss the show and meaning that you know you can't have all these hypothetical what-ifs for the future you just have to be present and pay attention to what's happening right now so that you don't you know miss what's going on because there's so much that we could be doing right now but we stop ourselves because we're waiting for what's going to happen at the end and that's really just why I never decided to actually start I just was scared of the idea and the podcast just finally kind of came to mind during a zoom class um, with the Carson Academy and in general it's taken me a very long time to get over the fear of public speaking as a kid when I had to present in class it was the worst thing ever I don't know how other kids did it I remember I had a friend that would shake so much during it and it would just upset me because the teachers, I don't know, I felt like they didn't understand the anxiety and that like they forced us to do it. I know that it's a great tool to learn, but I felt like they just threw us out there for the wolves and we had to fend for ourselves and it was so scary. I hated it so much. Um, but even like over Zoom, it took me a while to finally want to start talking. And even then I like still do it where I just kind of wait until no one else has anything to say because I don't want to interrupt or I don't want to like, I don't know. It's, it's just a anxiety fear thing to just start talking so during this class I had finally finished speaking and after that Carson had asked if I had a podcast um, because of just how I spoke um, during the class and it wasn't that he said I should start a podcast but it was the way he worded it as if it was already in existence like do you have a podcast because for someone like me who hated listening to my voice in videos like snippets just anything this anxiety in my body that I felt when I spoke to have someone validate that maybe you are a good speaker and people want to listen to you it meant so much to me and it sparked an idea to me and that just it it was that moment for me that maybe I could do this and that's the funny thing about um, you know ourselves is that we support others but sometimes we lack the confidence to support ourselves and really push ourselves to do the thing that we want to do
but it's so easy to just tell other people like yeah you should do it like you're gonna be great etc um but finding that for ourselves is just not natural and that's okay it's all a learning process um to kind of get better at you know supporting yourself and telling yourself you can do it it's hard um but if there's something that's been on your mind that you've been wanting to do and just haven't been able to get there maybe try finding that community wherever you are and you know it's hard to do things alone and i know having support um and love can make whatever you do a little less scarier to just have that community and the reason I'm telling this story is because it goes to show myself and I hope other people how impactful your words can be and the cause and effect of using your word as a tool to aid others and the teachers probably have no idea like how much it impacted me they're probably like oh I'm just like you know, being kind and nice, and they're just great people, and I'm just like, wow, like, I'm changing my life because of one thing that was said to me, <laughs> and it's just amazing because they've inspired me so much to jump into things without fear, to teach and put myself out there for the public to view and not, you know, doubt myself, have that confidence in myself, so thank you guys so much. Um, for everyone in that community that has helped and supported me to get here and be who I am today. I'm so grateful to have crossed paths with these amazing humans. And if you are interested in joining or what it's about, I will put links in the description and on my social media so that you guys can check it out. So after this idea came, I just couldn't not do it. It was just like, wow, people believe in me and they support me. And now I have to do this, not for other people, but also for myself, because the fear was no longer there because I had this sense of community that supported me and they wanted to listen to what I had to say. So I don't know, I'm just rambling on about that. Um, but when I finally decided to start the podcast and name it, I knew that I wanted it to be my Hmong name, I just didn't know what it was going to be. Um, and it spelt like English letters, but Hmong? I don't know how to describe it, I'm sorry you guys. But the pronunciation, the easiest way for me to have spell it out was like body. And I kept thinking about that, like putting it in parentheses for people to pronounce um, like the easier way if they saw it and as I was trying to come up with it um, I kept thinking you know the generic body mind and soul and saying this came to mind uh, described exactly what I wanted this podcast to be and so that's how I came up with body mind and soul and it is just a place and a space that I want to discuss everything in life um, from my physical well-being, life experiences, emotional uh, state, thoughts on topics, and my perspective on my own life. And hopefully I can have these conversations with um, those who are open on this podcast in the future and hear about their experiences as well.
So as this podcast flows and evolves, things are going to change, and that's going to be the fun part about it for myself, because I don't want it to be about one topic. I want it to be about everything and anything that it will be. And so to briefly give a brief background on myself, um, I work full time and I'm a psychology major student. To keep the school story short, I was initially an education major because I loved elementary school Um, and it's not really a good reason to choose a major, but when I was a kid, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a teacher. And it's just funny because, you know, I based it off of what was my favorite time of my life. And for me, that was school and all the parties that we had and all the dessert we got to eat. And of course, me basing it off of like how much sweets I got to eat. Um, But, you know, as I got older, I realized that maybe this major wasn't for me. And I did a year of that major in college and really got to see all of the majors they offered and what my choices would be. And I really didn't want to do any of it. Um, But the one thing that I knew that I loved was being able to connect with other people. And maybe that had to do with underlying loneliness. Um, But we'll talk about that in another episode. All I know is that I didn't want to be a nurse or a doctor or a scientist. So long story short, um, here I am. I'm a podcaster now. And that's that. (laughs) No, I'm still in school. um, But that wraps up my quick intro to myself. And I want to get into today's episode, which is going to be um, about my favorite topic and kind of the basis for everything, which is love. Now, when we think about love, most people might think about relationships between partners. That's what I thought of for a very long time when I thought of love and it took me to realize that love isn't everything and everyone and it doesn't just apply to couples or relationships that we have between one another. I was so focused on creating this love romance story between myself and my next partner that I didn't realize the most important love was to have self-love and for the longest time I was just obsessed with love like all I wanted was to have a relationship and be in love with my partner and have this fairy tale story and I didn't focus on the inner work that I had to do and the unfortunate realization is sometimes we don't understand what self-love is until we allow others to repeatedly hurt us and that's where I started going on to this self journey down this rabbit hole um the best part about it was that, you know, it, it brought me to share my story um, publicly with you guys to, you know, my own self-care and love. And then I realized that you guys can relate to this too. So I've shared this in the past on social media before um, a few times. And the first tool that I will always recommend is a book called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And that's also why I knew that this yoga academy was going to be right for me because this book was one of the requirements before you started the classes. And of course, being me, I took it as a sign that, you know, it was meant to be. (laughs) 
So I recommended and gifted this book to so many friends and family because this book really helped me shift my perspective and it quite literally changed the way of life and thinking uh, for myself. And I don't believe that, you know, the book is going to change your life the first time you read it. Sometimes it doesn't resonate with you if you're not ready for it. Or maybe it won't ever, but all you can do is just attempt to try. The first time I had ever heard about this book was in 2016 when I dated this guy for about two months. It was a really volatile and emotionally toxic relationship. I just remember we would always have these arguments over the smallest things. Can't even remember why because they just were just so, you know, you have those arguments where you're just like, how did we get here from this little thing? Um, and, you know, he would later tell me after that I should read this book because learning these things could help our relationship. But it felt like he used this book as a weapon. He, from what I can recall, was the one to get quickly upset and start wanting to argue with me about things that I would say or do and it wasn't my intention to do or say or react a certain way but you know it just was how he took it and it would just come into this huge argument um, long story short this book is not a I am better than you tool I just recommend it because I want it to be a guide for you in your own life and maybe help you navigate your self-emotions. When I got this book in 2017 and I finally read it, I remember it took me a while to get through it and it really didn't, you know, resonate with me the first time. I, I didn't even finish it, I believe. Um, but I think it was just because of where I was at in my life where I couldn't really make the connections within myself so I couldn't relate to it because I had yet to step outside of myself and look at, you know, the way things impacted me or the way I reacted to things. So the first time I read it fully and started seeing those connections, I couldn't get over it. It's a very short read and I've read it many times and each time I read it I always learn something new. Um, but it finally started to click everything in my life that I had experienced and how I reacted or other people reacted it just made sense and I finally could understand and see everything a little bit more clear so I don't want this to be a long book review um, just something for you to think about or read on your own time so th overall this book is about four agreements and it explains how to apply them um, to your everyday life and after reading it I find myself applying it um, every single day whenever I have to deal with especially other people too um, it has helped me navigate my emotions with dealing with other people better and that has really helped me um, in my own life because emotions have always been hard for me to process and I always used to overthink and this book has really been a tool to help me 
um, navigate myself. So the four agreements are, for one, to be impeccable with your word, two, don't take anything personally, three, don't make assumptions, and four, always do your best. So applying these agreements, um, you know, towards other people also meant that I had to apply it to myself. So how I spoke towards myself, um, other people's like what they would have to say to me and how I decided to take it. Um, any hypothetical scenarios that I would create in my head to cause me to overthink and not feeling like I was productive enough um, in anything that I did. So the hardest part of creating this unconditional love was reteaching myself that I needed to be patient with myself and give the love that I so easily gave to partners that I had to myself. Um, this isn't something that, you know, is ever taught to us as children and that maybe if you have traditional parents um, that they ever spoke about. We grow up just being taught about the outside world, money, status, education, but emotional and mental health is, if not the most important thing for us to learn first before anything. And that's the one thing that is not, you know, prioritized in this life. It's, it's everything else before that. So how can we decide what we want to do with our lives when we don't even like ourselves? And in turn, that affects how we let other people treat us and make decisions for us and vice versa. Uh, I also am not saying these things because, you know, I know it all. This is just my perspective on how I view things. Um, and I know that I also don't have to explain myself, but, you know, here I am. So for generations, and this doesn't apply to all parents, but most parents and those who come before them are conditioned to learn one way and teach one way. So in general, the way was to do well in school, go to college, get a degree, get married, have kids, and repeat. And for some, that way works, but for many of us, it doesn't. And it's just because that way is not us. We are struggling to discover who we are and who we want to be, and that just brews up a recipe for the opposite of self-love. Because if we're not fitting into this mold that our family or society says we should, if we're not super successful and wealthy, we're just living a life where we feel that we are not worthy of receiving love or rewards because we're not following what people want us to. So we're basing all of our self-love on that, on what others think, and not out of not on what we think of ourselves, and you know not to be rude <laughs> it's just how I've been for a while but at the end of the day no one else's opinion matters not your family not your friends not even the good opinions the only one that matters is your own what you think of yourself because it's your life you know it's your life to live you're in your own brain every day, that's all that matters. And I'm going to repeat it a lot 
but we only have one life that we know of. And we have to do what we love and be unapologetic about being ourselves. So to tie this into self-discovery and love, I want to discuss how important practicing compassion has been for me too. And compassion can mean many things to a lot of people. Even for myself, I'm still learning what that means. But I want to emphasize this because I'm constantly practicing this every day. In my head, to have compassion for others is to give grace. Now, I just described one word with another, but grace meaning that we are kind, gentle, forgiving, allowing space for mistakes. And the funny thing about compassion is that sometimes we don't really understand it until you get hurt bad but you know that's just the universe so to come back to my own experience in my childhood and young um, teenage life many times you know it wasn't the ideal life that I would have imagined for myself or others for a long time I just saw things my way you know that my parents did this or that and it caused me to have the life that I did but as I learned and practiced compassion and having love for others it helped me shift my perspective to have compassion for you know not my parents but as two humans that were also trying to figure out life and you know you have to do so in a way that you, you're not invalidating your feelings but I'm trying to understand their feelings as well. And the hardest for me was when I had to try to have compassion for people that would hurt me, you know, that I dated, or after a breakup. I think that that challenged me the most because when you go through heartbreak, I think that it is one of the most painful experiences to go through and that could be heartbreak with a loss of a friend, a loss of a family member, a loss of a partner, a loss of a pet. Grieving and heartbreak can create a lot of emotions in you that you don't really know how to handle. They're just there. You know, all of a sudden you're fine and then they just are there and you have to just figure it out. And that can be really hard, especially when you don't have the answers to everything. So compassion was one of those things where it helped me grieve a loss of a partner or a friend. It helped me understand their side of the story and having compassion that, you know, they didn't have the intention probably to hurt me or have, you know, a negative effect, they're just navigating their own life as well. Um, I don't want to go too into detail into all my personal stories about that, but the story of it all is that practicing and applying compassion to your life makes you almost unable to ever stay mad at someone it's almost kind of annoying because you're almost too understanding and I want to add that 
practicing compassion doesn't mean that you allow anyone to keep hurting you and forgiving them. It means that you release the anger, hate, pain, sadness for yourself so that you can heal. And if this is a constant behavior that the person is demonstrating, then maybe removing this person from your life and not being around that energy. So while it's important to have compassion for others, it is especially important in having it for yourself. So when you're realizing you're beating yourself up for a mistake or seeing that maybe you reacted in a way that you are not proud of, having compassion that, okay, I wasn't being as compassionate as I know I can be, and then try to do better next time. And this also doesn't mean that you can always be an asshole and then be like, oh, it's okay, I forgive myself. It's that you acknowledge that you're an asshole and you will try to do better not to be because that's not who you are. And so the same way we give compassion and set boundaries with others, we have to do that for ourselves too. You know, like, we can forgive, but draw that line and don't let those behaviors repeat themselves because that just goes into, you know, a toxic relationship with others and with yourself. Um, so to wrap up this episode, I want to tell a quick story that I heard on the Duncan Trussell podcast. And if you don't know who he is, um, he's a comedian. He also has his own podcast and he has a show on Netflix called The Midnight Gospel, which is super interesting. Um, it's a animation podcast mix kind of show and it has a lot of great lessons. The story is about a Tibetan Buddhist monk named Paulden Gyatso and I was listening to this a while ago and I was just in awe and amazed at how your practice can literally be all you have and I mean it kind of is. It's like what happens in your mind is all that is important and matters. Um, and it, it was just such a profound story that I wanted to share it and continue um, sharing it with others. So in 1959, Paul Den Gyatso was protesting for Tibetan freedom during the Chinese invasion. He was then arrested and imprisoned for about 33 years. And during that time of imprisonment, he endured brutal torture, um, hard labor, just really awful things that I don't really want to go into detail on here, um, but you can read up on his story if you search it. So they wanted him to accept the Chinese communist ideology, and throughout all of this torture and just unexplainable things that happened to him, he never gave up his practice and his beliefs. And he was thankfully released in 1993 and continued to do good, sharing his story, you know, after all this trauma and torture that he went through. And as I was like searching for his stories and things like that, it just like my eyes would well up when I read his story because it's just so inspiring to know that like this actually happened and so anyways after his 
release. You know, he's written books. And I definitely want to read um, about his life and practices. But he's had many talks and interviews sharing, you know, his horrific experiences he went through. And this is where I was just like, wow. Because, you know, they asked him in one interview what he feared the most. And his biggest fear was losing compassion for his torturers. And I just couldn't wrap my head around that because, you know, I think most of us, we would just be so scared of dying, of being tortured, of being, you know, losing all our family. I don't know. It's just all he was worried about is that his beliefs and his practice would be no longer. And so in another interview, they asked him um, how had he been able to avoid hating the Chinese. And Paulden says, um, quoting this interview that I read online, It is not that I was without hatred, especially when I was being tortured by my guards. I had immense hatred against them because I was being hurt. But as a religious person, after, after the event, I could reflect on what had happened. And I could see that those who inflicted torture did so out of their own ignorance. As a religious person, I have to sit back and ask myself, what is all of this? Buddhist teachings say, don't let your calm be disturbed and do not respond to anger with anger. End quote. So like what? I don't know if you guys are as shocked as I am, but... People like this are like just angels that are sent to us to teach us a lesson about life. Like I can't explain it any other way. And I can't imagine like anyone else I know to come out of this and be like, I still have compassion for those people. So I never want to invalidate my feelings or anyone else's. But man, if you think that you have ever had hate and anger towards someone and he just makes you rethink your whole perspective on life. So thank you to Paul Dengyatsu for leaving the world better than when he came into it. This story will always remind me to just have love and compassion, even, even when I really, really, really don't want to. Because your mind is the only thing that you're in control of and where you live every single day. So the story is to make it a beautiful place to live and that's where I want to leave you guys and myself at to reflect on. Thank you all for listening and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I love and appreciate all of you guys so much. 